1: Welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Ben Ballas, or as I go by on the Celtics sub, Brutal Gash. Joining me from the fertile soils of beautiful Newcastle is Jackson, aka Rickman Lives. Jackson, how's it going, buddy? Wonderful.
0: I wonder if you can guess why.
1: <laughs> Nothing of any particular importance happened today. So uh, Ben Simmons yeah. did pretty well. Did you see that? <laughs> I did see that, yeah. That made me quite happy, a little bit. <laughs> And of course, Joe, aka No Scrogs McFly, Joe. Welcome back, man. How's things over there in New Zealand?
2: Oh, they're beautiful. I'm really feeling sorry for you blokes with your smoky skies, because we've, you know, I just looked out, just looked out tonight when took a slash off my deck, which is one of life's great privileges. <laughs> Country life, hundred <laughs> percent. And um, <laughs> and there's this beautiful clear sky above me, and solid
1: ground Mate. below me. <laughs> We need you to come over <laughs> here and slash on some of these fires. We can use all the help <laughs> yeah, we can get.
2: Man. Oh, you poor you! Oh, I man, you just must be exhausted eh? You gotta be exhausted.
1: Well, personally, I'm very much in the city and not not fighting any of these fires. So, a big big shout out to all of the the firefighters who are legitimately exhausted and um yeah. very underfunded and very much appreciated by by everyone. And lots of like lots of generosity pouring in from. Uh, from everyone i saw that jason tatum today donated a jersey and a pair of shoes um for some sort of fundraiser i wish i had the name um with me but some sort of fundraiser for the uh the bushfires in australia so the love is really pouring in internationally which is really good i I
2: tell you what we had one day in uh, here where i am where the smoke came over and we had that weird colored sky and we all just freaked (laughs) it sent everyone into a tailspin (laughs) eh um so yeah, yeah it was it was quite it was a like a very tangible reminder of um, stuff that people go through miles away. Normally, you don't get that, you know. If mm. there's floods in Bangladesh or whatever, you know, you don't feel a drop, you know. But um, mm. yeah, it was quite, it was quite something. So, mm.
1: yeah, it's um, been a been a bizarre um, and tragic in a lot of areas summer so far. But today was a beautiful day, my friends. The Celtics <laughs> gave the Lakers. The biggest L of the season so far, beating them 139-107 to right there under all of those banners there in in TD Garden. Kemba Walker as well, finally got his first ever win against LeBron James. Can we start with the actual game watching experience first? I think that's a good place to start because I I think that we all had sort of different ways that we we took this game in just based on our sort of daily obligations. Uh, Like, where were you while you watched this game? How were you emotionally, and like, what were your reactions like as, like, as you were watching the game? Let's start there.
0: Okay. So, like most Celtics games, I get the privilege of uh, watching in Australia. I was at work, so uh, and on a particularly busy day as well, too. So I had to do the sneaky um, NBA League Pass app on my phone in the corner of the desk discreetly. Not that anyone cares. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, the first minute, two minutes absolutely horrid I thought to myself shit i'm so glad i'm not gonna see any of this um i think the first play it was an alley-oop after two seconds then we missed then the four point play then a block then davis has pushed hayward away with one finger and then dunked and then a block and then the pass to gordon Haywood was bungled and nearly went to a cross court and then he just launches this three from like way out and it goes in and at that moment i was just like this is going to be different. <laughs> things are going to things are going to turn. This is going right. to be good. So, in between the work schedule and shit, I, I check it, and we're in a lead, and it's a nice lead, and it just starts building, building, building. And at that point, I had to pause it because I'm I like, got to watch this. I got to enjoy this. And as I'm watching it back, I will get to get to the end here soon. Um, when I watch the game, I just I'm just paranoid that like some weird um, superstitious way I've if I don't watch it correctly, I'm going to influence it somehow. So I'm like really nervous to watch it. I don't want to like change anything. And it just kept getting better and better and better and better and better. And then it was like, it wasn't even the third quarter wasn't even over as well past Jalen's booming of LeBron before I was like, this is just, this is just amazing. So I've thought about it a bit differently in hindsight, but the initial reaction was just giddiness. I just well, loved
2: it. I, I watched it already knowing the result. Um, to, you know, do, do my research for the pod, the,
1: <laughs> You're not getting, if which, which is fine when you know that the
2: result yeah, is good. Yeah, totally. Right? I mean, it's still it's a very yeah. enjoyable it's like experience. It's like we've got a podcast after losing to the Pistons. I might give that one a miss. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I'll just wing it for that one.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, but it was quite different watching it, and I, I remember like looking at and seeing us being up 16 at one point in the third, and being like, Oh, I would still be super tense about this if I didn't know. Mm. They um, didn't know the ultimate result. It was quite, it was actually a really different way to watch it, like, because I found myself thinking, man, we got, like, there was actually a lot of luck that went the Celtics way, especially in the first quarter. Um, I thought, you know, um, and so that was my, that was my feeling. I wasn't like, I I think watching it live, you would have just been like giddy. Watching that score build But when you knew the result You kind of like Maybe were more inclined To rationalise What was happening
1: yeah, I only mm. felt safe when Vincent Poirier hit a three late in the fourth quarter. That's when I was like, "I think we're going to win this game. I think I, I could take a, a sigh of relief." But um, Giddy Giddy is right. I was I was watching this game. Um, I'm very fortunate on Tuesdays to to work from home. Obviously, here in in Sydney, the games. Are, this game started at 11:30 a.m. It took a bit of an early lunch break and just kind of planned my day. Around this and from start to right up until that Poirier 3, I was kind of freaking out. Just thinking that LeBron James and AD, like surely this isn't all we'll see from them all game. Mm -hmm. Like at some point, they're going to come back or one of those guys is going to come back and and take this game from us. Like someone has from every team that it seems like we've faced so far in 2020, Uh, but it didn't happen. It was great. No. When I was watching <laughs> it, did, did, I
2: don't know if you guys felt like this, but like, did it feel like we weren't winning by that much? Like, <laughs> like the whole yeah. way through? I don't yeah. know. How
0: did you find it, Jess? The, there was a point where I realized that even though this is amazing and it's fantastic to be up this much in, against a, like a, the, the second best team in the NBA record-wise anyway, um, you just started to realize that they're having just a really, really shitty night. And like you said, we're having a really lucky night. I think – Exhibit A is that Kemba mm, tip-in mm. um, basket. Like that doesn't go in most of the time. And the, the trend recently <laughs> for us has been the teams we play against shoot well and we shoot terribly. That completely flipped tonight. And I got to the point where I was like, the Lakers are having an off night. This may not necessarily be indicative of where we are, like form-wise or even as a team, but it shows definitely what we're capable of when we turn it on. But I think we just took advantage of the Lakers having a, a crappy night, really, the more I think about it.
1: Yeah. So let's get get to that a little bit and talk about the game itself. Like how exactly did the Celtics put such a beat down on the Lakers? And, and what were they doing in this game that they haven't been doing lately? Brad Stevens basically said in his post-game interview that Hayward's early buckets were super important, just to steady everyone. Obviously, we we looked mm-hmm. like we were about to suffer from yet another slow start, and then Hayward he hit that deep three. I think he had an and one quite yeah. early, uh, and then Brad said that after that, the Hayward sort of steadying of the ship that Jalen Brown kind of kept kept that going, kept that momentum going after that. He also remarked that Tatum was really good to begin the second quarter. Um, which was he sort of came in with that that Haywardless and Jalen Brownless unit and he just sort of picked up where they left off and that Campbell Walker was just kind of steady throughout the whole thing, which to me s- seems like the successful formula. Um, I don't know that, so that, that's what that's what Brad Stevens remarked on as far as why we were successful in this game. Do you guys have anything to, to add to that at all?
2: Okay, so just if you were to look at a box score, Points points off turnovers was huge Like that, that's Ultimately that's how you make runs right Like you stop the other team from scoring And then you go and score yourself And the most effective way to do that mm-hmm. Is to get the ball You know get a live ball turnover And um, the Celtics did Like we got out on the break And why were we able to do that Well primarily um, It was because it felt like It felt like we were able to get away With quite a lot of contact um, On the ball Which to me it was sort of like kind of illustrative of how we need to approach each game. Like, we should be getting in foul trouble each game. You know what I mean? Like, I might use that as one of my little indicators now. If we're not getting in trouble from getting in foul trouble early, I almost feel like there's a problem. We need to be so aggressive on the ball. But we got – we were, and as a result, we got live ball turnovers – and Jalen Brown had some amazing energy. Obviously, um, he had a couple of offensive rebounds that didn't really... They didn't go in for him, but one of them led to that Kemba, Kemba Tippin. Um It was just a really aggressive performance, you know? And that, that aggression is something that when we don't have it, we're toast.
0: Yeah. More to your point as well, too. I think we were... Th- there was a lot of fouls getting called, even though we were getting away with contact. Like, I think we are in the bonus, like, very early in the first quarter. I think both teams mm-hmm. were. So I think, like, you say, like, the... Um... Uh, getting in foul travel is a good indicator of how aggressive we're playing. Probably like the more fouls we're getting against us as well too is a like the other yeah, side yeah, of that coin sure. too. So yeah, that's that's definitely good to consider. I think the, a lot can be said about the rotations that we had tonight. Like we didn't see anyone beyond like seven men until until what like garbage time basically. Like it was a very very tight playoff esque rotation uh, system that Brad was deploying, and I think that probably taps into the mindset of more like a playoff, you know, take this game real seriously, like get in their face, be aggressive type mentality. And um, I don't think that's necessarily sustainable for like games are coming. You're going to need to utilize your bench, but I think we'll talk about that later. But um, I thought there was a lot to be said about the rotations and just how the how everyone ha- played their roles tonight.
1: Yeah, I felt like we got an unusually kind whistle mm-hmm. as well, which is odd to say for a Tony Brothers game, but it just felt like... Time, agree. I, I felt like times we were like we were getting into the paint and and getting foul calls and getting to the free throw line. They were they could have gone either way, and fortunately tonight they were going the way of the Celtics. Um, if I had been if I were a Lakers fan and watching those same calls, I, I would feel like the refs were conspiring against us. But we've been on both sides of the whistle. Yeah. All season long, it, you know, if you've been watching the team for long enough, every season it happens, and uh, tonight it just happened to go our way. Not the reason that we won this game, I don't think, but it certainly helped. Um, Jason Tatum said in his post-game presser that the focus um, was just to bring way more intensity and energy than there have been lately. And Stevens again in, in his post-game interview that so the team had a really good film session yesterday, the day before the game, uh, with a focus on improving the things that the team can control that they haven't been controlling. Do any of those things stand out to you guys at all in terms of like a, a, the team took the reins on, on something that they've kind of been um, mm. like not handling too well over the basically since the beginning of 2020?
0: Mm. The, just the shot was going in. Really, like <laughs> I know like you, can you can only control, control that, yeah. that so much. Like you know, it's a lot of gravity uh, as well. But um, yeah, I, I, I think I think if you want to like have it more in depth, probably coming from someone who didn't watch it like on their phone at, in the office, sort of, <laughs> um, I might be able to go more in depth. But I think it's you could probably just say you know the the whistle was kind, the shot was kind, and just you know on every other aspect we were just that much better, which is why it ended up such a, a lopsided score.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I, I sort of you know I, I sort of get these theories about basketball and I start to hold on to them very tightly. And one of the things is like I just don't believe that runs are built from threes. Runs are built from firstly getting stops and transition, you know and then the threes come later. Um, and yes, like when you shoot what what was it 16 for 34 or something from 3 like you're probably gonna win the game for sure. But you get that threes are a confidence thing, right? You get confidence when you're not scared about the shot missing, you know? When you don't need that shot to go in, you know, it probably tends to be a bit more mm-hmm. successful. And I, I sort of just felt like when we, were, when we were real early on in the game, when we got behind, um, we just still played really aggressive. Like, even when things... We, we weren't building the lead at that point, but we turned them over a ton, you know? And that's kind of what kept us in. Like, the Lakers had some clumsy turnovers, I guess, but... Um, I just yeah I that's the team we have to be. If we're not that team, we can't beat anybody serious. I that's I just we I just don't think we have we just don't have enough, but when we're turning the when we're turning other teams over, we've we've, we've got a shot.
1: No, I completely agree. We talked about Gordon Hayward before his early impact on the game. The shot distribution across those four, you know, quote unquote all-stars was perfect in this game in my opinion. Um Tatum, he waited until the beginning of the second quarter to assert himself, but I, I cannot emphasize enough how important those minutes were for the team. Um, like we said earlier, Hayward and Brown were on the bench to begin the second quarter and Tatum like used that time to essentially take over the game. And he was, I think he got uh, off a really nice uh, seal by Cantor, who is is learning how to seal as well as Daniel Ties has been, which is awesome for our team. Uh, got to got to the bucket very easily to start the second quarter after hitting that that floater over Dwight Howard to end the first quarter, which was amazing as well. Uh, and then countered that with a, a step back three. The next possession down the court, got hot there, and he, he had 11 points in that second quarter before the seven minute mark. Like, I just completely stamped his mark on the game at that point and never really let his his, uh, foot off the pedal at that point. That was huge. I I guess it's... um, You know, we talk about... Tatum being very inconsistent. And this is the the good side of that inconsistency. Um, but he really played his role in this game, and um, I think that's really important um, going forward. Jalen Brown as well, obviously, uh, with his twenty points, uh, his huge booming of LeBron, uh, the aggressiveness from from really those those starting four All Stars is what I'm getting at here was was really good. And with a healthy roster, which again is something that Brad Stevens remarked on. Uh, during his post-game comments, um, like we can we can start to put out games like this on a more consistent basis. We haven't been healthy consistently throughout the season so far, um, so it really seems like because we don't have that depth, we really are dependent on those four guys being healthy. Uh, we saw that tonight. We saw the W. We saw a good result
0: probably underrated uh, aspect of the game that we had everyone healthy playing together because we didn't have uh, what was we didn't have uh, Kemba last game or Jalen we have had Jalen for the last few games didn't have Tatum um, for one of those and have Kemba for one of those now we had them all back so yeah probably something to be said of that as well I think
2: just on Tatum you know inconsistency but like this is a Ryan Rossillo thing um, but he always talks about like month by month splits you know um, and I, I think they're actually a really good way to, to track progress because you know you're getting a reasonable sample size over a month you're getting sort of somewhere between 12 and 15 games, I suppose. And, you know, like, Tatum's just... This is just his field goal per, field goal percentage by month. So, October, you know, 37%. November, 42%. December, 44%. 445 January, 46.3%. You know, like, this is trending in the right direction. He'll probably be up around 44.5% yeah. mm. to 45% by the end of the year. His three-point percentage mm. will probably be around 37%, 38%. You know, like, the... the 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 class is starting to come through with Tatum, and as much as I'm not sure exactly what he is, what 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 he is, you know, like is he is he Paul George, is he Jimmy Butler, is he, you know, is he Kevin Durant? Well, I'm pretty sure he's not Kevin Durant, but you know what I mean. Like with as much as he yeah. is, as much as he, yeah. I'm not 100 percent sure what his top end is. Like he's really good, he's really flipping good, and 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 that's going to come to the fore. Like he's not a 42 percent shooter, he is a really good shooter. Um, and it and you can expect to see that bear out in the numbers I think for the rest of the season. I'd expect to see him um, get better and better and better.
0: And are we nay, yay or nay on the
1: headband? Oh, I'm a nay. Okay. I'm a huge yay. I, I love the headband. Okay, but I can't I can't explain. Okay, why. look, I've got a bone to pick.
2: I've got a massive bone to pick. Oh no. It's got a bone about headbands. No, headband. it's not about headbands. Okay. Look, Skins. I try not to cuss, all right? But if Nike man, this is a like this is a marquee game. And what do Nike serve up but those abomination of uniforms? Like the Lakers one looks like a summer league <laughs> uniform and we already hate the Celtics. Like, you know, the the two two of the three best jerseys in the whole league are like the Lakers yellow and the Celtics green. And what do they do? They give us knockoff versions of them. You know, like, to me, I was actually, like, I was watching, I was actually pissed off at Nike for, I felt like they partially destroyed the spectacle. Nike can bugger off with their uniform (laughs) designs. I'm absolutely
0: head of that. You know what's hilarious? You could, you could literally sub out Nike and uniforms for TNT and commentators. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. And it's like the same argument, because I thought that's where you were going there for a second. Well, you, you pick that bone. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> uh, just, uh, I uh, uh, Marv Albert's flogging a dead horse at this point. Like he's he's clearly doesn't not know what's going on. Jalen Green for three? Um, yeah. there were so many <laughs> yeah. clangers, and it, it, we're just used to it this moment So it's like, ah, uh, it's just sad now. And I don't think Chris oh, yeah, it's, it's like a contagion. It's like very Chris good. Webber.
2: Remember, Jalen Brown had that foul where he oh, that was a terrible call on Davis. Brown like jumped into um Anthony Davis on a fast break really early on. Chris, yeah. we thought it was Jason yeah, Tatum? That's right. I have. <laughs> like,
1: they look <laughs> very, the them, very different. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah no, that's uh, ridiculous. But um, yeah, no. More to your point about the jerseys, I don't, I don't, I don't think I think about them enough to for them to piss me off. But like when you put it that way, so passionately, and I think about like what the Lakers, what we traditionally look like when we play each other. Yeah, it's more iconic. So yeah, to be deprived of that, at least this time round, was yeah, not even if not they great. had killer alternate
2: uniforms. Okay, there's a time and a place, mm. and that time and that place is not Celtics versus Lakers. We get two of these bad boys a year, and you cannot ruin it with subpar uniforms. You know, it's such a waste. Oh, like I'm actually just—they've got no idea what they're doing. Like at Nike, they've lost the plot. They've absolutely lost the plot. We tra- yeah. They're trying
0: to—they're trying to flog the, the jerseys because they're probably not selling. Oh, that because well. The only suck. reason I would think this is a marquee game—a Martin Luther King Day. Uh, probably huge audience. Yeah, sweet. Let's put out the the shitty ones or the the, the ones for children. Basically, that's probably the, the ones we thought it, was but, a yeah. good
2: idea. It's not Nike. It's not anyway. There's probably people who disagree quite strongly with me, but I mean, you all just have to be wrong.
1: Oh, if you if you're listening and you disagree, uh, let us let us know your thoughts in the comments. I, I feel like Nike were. Diverting their resources, um, and this turned out to be necessary, uh, to be able to mobilize, delete any footage of someone booming LeBron James. (laughs) Mm. Public enemy number one in the booming LeBron James department is obviously Jason Tatum, but Jalen Brown got up there. Today and absolutely burned the shit out of uh,
0: oh, out of the brunch. It was, it was a pleasure that's, to see. You love to see yeah. it. You love to see that's it. It's so fun it's so funny too, because one's a Jordan athlete, the other one's an Adidas athlete. I <laughs> and I know Jordan and Nike but same thing, but the symbolism is beautiful from a, a capitalism perspective. absolutely. Oh, and you know yeah. look,
2: bring back Adidas, that's all I'll say. That bring them back. But I I tell you what though, how awesome <laughs> can we just talk about that dunk for a second? Yes, okay, so please, this was please. my reaction to watching that. I was like, Oh my god, oh my gosh, like it was one of those ones Sort of like when um, Tom Chambers Dunked on Mark Jackson Where the, we had yeah, contact And it got up even higher Like the replays yeah. Did not do it justice Because just to appreciate that dunk You, you had to see it And you know At real time speed And watch like The extra
0: elevation After he took contact That was so sweet Yeah Hmm I did. I did manage to capture that moment live, and there was this like this second of like deja vu because I like immediately was just the thought of like Tatum's you know dunk on him. So uh, it was the same end of the court, and it, it for a second it was like oh shit, ah, it happened again, and it was <laughs> so I, had to, like, I had to I had to hold it in. I think I was on the phone to a customer too. I literally just forgot what I was. Yeah, that's tough. That's what tough. what I was doing. What I was doing, but I was yeah, it was it was breathtaking. It is like if you've seen on R it's got like eight thousand like awards and stuff probably just from Celtic fans spamming it. Good on them. Yeah. It, but- <laughs> I,
1: I wanna I wanna move on to moments of the game in a second where we'll cover uh, some similar moments there. But before we do that we should probably talk about I guess the rest of the game and that that starts with Enos Canter who uh, had like a Moses Malone-style <laughs> performance in this game, like particularly in the first half, where I haven't, I unfortunately do not have his first half stats in front of me, but uh, 8 for 10 from the field for the game, 11 rebounds, 6 of them offensive rebounds. Um, in a game where we were hot shooting from everywhere, if we did miss, it seemed like Enos Kander was grabbing the rebound and, and putting it back in the basket. Uh, it's as simple as that. Um, and on the other end of the floor, for whatever reason, because there totally exists the blueprint to attack the Celtics when Enos Cantor is on the floor, and that is, of course, putting him in the pick and roll. And the Lakers didn't seem to do that, despite mm. the very capable personnel there. Um, I thought that was odd and and kind of their maybe part of their downfall in the end there. What did you guys think about Cantor and, and the Lakers there?
0: He had a good block on LeBron. Oh, and LeBron thought he got staff, I remember. Yeah
1: yeah <laughs> you yeah. about
0: it what, Shock horror um I don't know the thing I think about a cantor is like he, he's he's a really good like blunt instrument to use against like probably like less sophisticated less savvy bigs not to say that anthony davis is a less sophisticated less savvy big i think he was just coming back from injury and was less impactful but against the likes of like dwight howard and javel mcgee and like a Drummonds and like these kind of guys it's go we've we've, we've probably got the advantage there because he just seems to have that like that natural knack for it and you know he's got good players around him but against like your more you know sophisticated jokic's and imbeads and janice's etc etc um yeah he's probably not as good but yeah the big blunt whatever
1: <laughs> I, was thinking, plum, I was trying, to think, of something. I so like I'm trying
0: to think of some sort of Turkish instrument but like I don't know can you think of one nah didn't think so um, Turkish delight is blood <laughs> it was Turkish delight definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. Tasty. So,
1: uh,
2: well, not, not unlike, yeah, not unlike Turkish delight also polarizing and and, and <laughs> yeah. this is my take on watching Canada tonight and I have, a, I have a very strong feeling about it this dude is clumsy AF man like He is just like he's forever on the ground because he's. I don't think he knows how to bend his knees, like and so, (laughs) like whenever he whenever he catches the ball, he's always kind of upright. So he kind of has to flip the ball in, you know, like he never catches it in in a kind of coiled position ready to go up with a shot. Um, I don't trust him, like I I I don't in a totally different way to the way I don't trust Kyrie. I don't trust him in the same way I don't trust. Baines, you know how Baines was super clumsy on offense. You remember when Baines yeah. would like remember that remember in the in the conference finals against Cleveland, where Baines like caught the ball wide open under the hoop, and he had no idea, and he turned around and passed it out for three. You know, like you know, but but he's but Kenda's just he's just clumsy, and and um I don't trust him with the ball at the top of the key. But tonight he put the ball in the hoop, so yay, good for Kenda. I can you know. That's how I feel about him.
1: Good for, good for all, all of them. You're never going to be convinced, are you? Nah, <laughs> um, he's. Just, I mean, he yeah. Just, yeah. He just doesn't. I get he, it. I, he I get just it.
2: does things that would make me so nervous if he was on my team. Like if I was on my team, he'd be the guy that I cross my fingers for. You know, whenever he, he just seems to yeah. have way worse hands. You know, than than I expected. Um, like he's really got. Like I really think his hands are pretty bad. Hey, eh? but. um Maybe that's maybe they're just average, you know. And I've got really high expectations, but, um, you know, often he'll catch the ball around the waist, and he's, you know, he, it's it's not ready to go up. But anyway, tonight is not a night for complaining.
1: Good for you, Cantor. I enjoy his personality on the team. Yeah, the whole thing just feels great. You're right. It's not it's not a night for complaining, and and fortunately, I guess Cantor didn't give us anything to complain about. Although he has, and he will again, I'm sure. Uh, we had some really good feedback oh, yeah. after the last episode uh, in the comments there on Celtics Reddit from a user, Al Voughton, um, around making the podcast more Celtics reddit And so I've written down these post-game thread comments here and completely failed to weave them in <laughs> of the uh, as part of the discussion.
0: So, that's, why they, that's why they listen to us. Boys. Yeah, that's why they pay us
1: the big bucks. Uh, so Database Central writes, let this be known, nobody beats Kemba 29 times in a row. Um Mentioned it right at the top there, but gotta feel good, right, for Kemba Walker, who we mentioned earlier was very steady throughout the game. Um, gotta feel great, right, for him to be first of all one zero in his Celtics career against LeBron James. Um, but to finally, to finally get that win, like he's just been owned by LeBron his entire career. You can see the smiles from Kemba and the rest of the guys on the bench towards the end of the game. That was that was really good to see.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Who doesn't like Kemba Walker, right? Eh? I haven't listened to the Jalen Brown, the full Jalen Brown pod with Woj, but um, I don't know if you guys heard the snippet where he's talking about Kimber Walker, and it's just—he's just describing the antithesis
1: of Kyrie Irving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like he's speaking into
0: a mirror somehow. It's yes, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. You're you're absolutely right. It's refreshing to, to to like bask in Kemba's like you know awesomeness and, and rather like dissect uh, Kyrie's like latest media comments, which we would have to, we would be obligated uh, to if you're still a selfie player. It's just so much more be fun. It's just so much more fun without him, isn't it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Look, if we've got some time towards the bottom of this pod, I, I think we should get to that because it is interesting and he he is like an ex girlfriend or something. So <laughs> we can it's like we've all dated him. We we can talk about it. Um, <laughs> on that, another user hail Kyrie. Writes, imagine doubting this team because of one tough stretch. Bleed green, mother bleepers. Love all of you, especially Jalen. And uh, user Coley Motion, who um, designed a logo for this podcast and is currently designing a new logo as part of a rebrand for this podcast, writes, if anything, this shows we tinker and test in the regular season more than most teams. And this is how we can really play come playoff time. Do you, do you guys agree with that? Like, was this, was this a, a demo of the, the playoff Um, rotation for this team and like can we be successful in the playoffs if we just stick with you know um, excluding garbage time that essentially that seven man lineup well oh yeah okay I'm gonna hmm okay
2: Detroit beat us by whatever they beat us by the other day is that indicative of what they're gonna do in the playoffs
1: that's a good point like Jackson won't make that that won't make the playoffs (laughs) (laughs) precisely that's another good point But,
2: but yeah look I think I don't like, I would, have, I would have been just as encouraged if we'd beaten the Lakers in a, you know, 105-107 game where we, you know, had to close out and get a big stop with 30 seconds to go. I I, I don't... The, the, this game doesn't prove to me that we can execute at a high level um, when we need to. Um, it's an awesome game. It proves that, you know, when we get out in transition, we're, 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 we can put up... We can beat you by a pretty big margin. Um but it doesn't quite prove that to me we're real contenders, like, because I, I don't yet think we are, but hey, look, I'm open to being convinced, you know, um, we're a young mm. team and we're improving, uh, hopefully. But, yeah, and as much as this, this isn't, this, is, this doesn't say that we're a true contender, just like I don't think the slide says that we're a bad team, you know, like, we kind of felt mm. that slide coming the last podcast we had, right, like, we were kind of, we, <laughs> we sniffed it out, eh? Um, and it the truth is we're a 28-14 team after 42 games, and I think that's a pretty fair reflection of, of who we are, which is a pretty good team.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I said I said on our group chat last night, I was looking at, this is obviously before tonight's, um, today's win, and, think, and I was thinking, am I paranoid for thinking we're staring down the barrel of an eight-game losing streak? Because if we, <laughs> if we got put away tonight, which we very well could have, we've then got to go to, I think we've got to go to Orlando trap game. We've got to go to uh, uh, New Orleans with Zion now. Um, it's it just looked horrid, and I was just like, "Oh shit!" It's not until the Warriors come here in like you know a week and a half's time, um, that we might actually get a win, and I was just like, "Well, this could really like derail the season." So, having said all that, yeah, I'm I'm with you, Joe. Like, it's not really proving anything to me about the team other than the fact that we have like we've we've got that character we've got that heart cuz we did dig that out in a moment where we really really needed it and I don't I don't think that should be discounted but again as i said earlier i think the lakers were just having a bad night a bad night against a good team is still something to hang your hat on but it, it shouldn't be i, I would have been way more encouraged if it was a close tight yeah, win and we got that team stop that would make me feel really good about the team, you know, for the future and our contender status. But at the moment, that win has it's lifted my spirits. So I feel yep. much more better. I'm much more better, much more confident about the team and more confident about the run coming up, rather than maybe our standing overall. I probably
2: team. felt better about us almost even after the the loss to the Clippers,
0: you know, which really I feel we we deserve mm, to win there. That. That's a good point.
2: You know, I, I think thought so that too, showed yeah. more about yeah, the top end of our team. You know what what we could be than than this game.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think where there was some high level execution in this game was the Lakers went up like eight nil or something like that, 10-2, whatever it was. They went up early, it was very and it good like execution it was be slow start. <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, well, then the the execution there that the high level you, under pressure execution was for the Celtics to be like, oh no, not again! Like we're gonna we're gonna take control of this game. And while you know it was a blowout, and we didn't see that that level of pressure or execution for the entire game there was a moment a few minutes there where the Celtics like regained control of that game against the best team in the league the, the, at least the best team in the west against LeBron James arguably yeah. one of the the best players ever and Anthony Davis even though he was on a minutes restriction there was a stretch there before it became basically a blowout for most of the game where the Celtics did execute at a higher level, and that was very encouraging, given how high the stakes were, the rivalry, and all it's, of that. It still counts. It still counts. You know, it's it's one of eighty-two,
2: but it, it's it's a bigger one. You know, but what it reminds me potentially of, like, remember the remember the Warriors game last year, where we remember the amazing Mazeballs flight of joy, and we went in there and we smoked them.
1: You yeah. know the the plane
2: game. game, the, the post-flight game. Flight game. You know, <laughs> it's it's what a yeah, moment. It's sort of when you haven't absorbed a team's best, a really good team's best shot. Like it, it's not quite the same, you know. Um, so, but look, it's great. We we cleaned up. That that matters. Um, but um, yeah, like I've got no less reason to hope. That's for sure. in the team teammate.
1: Eh? Yeah. Look, very quickly, we're going to rush through the the rest of these segments here, but very quickly before we move on, user Horseshoe Overlook posted in ESPN Stats Twitter thingy, quote, The Celtics' 32-point win over the Lakers is their largest regular season win in the series since 1963. It's their largest win over the Lakers regular season or postseason since beating them 131-92 to 92 in Game More. 6 of the 2008 NBA Finals, which I, I believe one, one member of this podcast, was this podcast represented. I was there.
0: I was so there. Good.
2: Oh, oh yeah.
0: man. I, I hope to one day be in a, a game-winning a game finals game. I don't think it's ever going to come around where <laughs> I'm going to have the opportunity to do it, like particularly in the garden. So, man, yeah, very you're, you're blessed. You know what? I'd
2: actually like, you know, if there was three guys, three guys who sold me the ticket, um, I'd love to, you know, if they were on Reddit, I'd love to flip and reconnect with them. There's three guys. I don't know if you remember selling a t- t- ticket to a Kiwi guy. And, a, um, yeah, that would be mint. How cool. Come on, internet. <laughs> there's three guys and you sold the yeah. fourth ticket throughout the playoffs to make your money back. And you, you did all right out of me. Um, so yeah, <laughs> if you're out there,
1: <laughs> you, you clearly did a right out of them as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of all the games to go to in <laughs> the totally. last 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, moments of the game. Should we hit on those very quickly? I'll start. Marcus oh, Smart out of the pick and wow. roll. Left hand behind the back pass to Enos Cantor early in the second yeah, quarter. You good hands there too, Cantor. Um, <laughs> good hands all round between marcus and canter the, the hands were uh, really on display there smart in that is shifty with yeah. it eh? like he's low-key yeah. he, he can he can boogie reddit user not marietta kuchi i've definitely messed <laughs> that up right this is erotic city content are, are you guys familiar with erotic city and did you feel like it was adequately on display today
0: Oh yeah, yeah. This ticked all the boxes for me. It's extremely erotic. I have to, <laughs> yeah. I have to agree with you there. <laughs> um, uh, moment of the game for me. Easy answer is the Jalen booming. Um, but I really liked Hayward's three to, to get us off the mark. Just yeah. for miles out because it just felt like such a, a tide turner. It really did. Um, and I think Kemba's tip in as well too. The combination of those two plays early on just sort of thought to me, it gave me that vibe. Things were going to be all right. Yeah. So everything, everything for was yeah, everything from there and then was just a blur a blur of joy. So yeah, those two moments down. I'm gonna go
2: me. I'm gonna go with something slightly different. Just just to be different. Like you know, Jalen's dunk was pretty amazing. But um, there was a play, I wanna say it was first quarter. Um, Jalen like sorry, it was Jason. Now I'm pulling a Chris Webber. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jason read Jason Jason gambled for a steal. There was a guy at the top of the key with his back turned, I forget who it was. Jason saw the t- saw the pass coming, went Made a big effort, cut around, stole the pass and dunked it. And it just sort of like Uh, you know, it was it felt like a really needed bucket at that point in time.
0: I think that was Rondo's pass to I don't know who. I think it was Rondo's passing, it, but I might possibly another moment
2: was Avery Bradley back cutting Marcus Smart on like Smart's first possession of the game. He like backdawed him horrifically. Marcus, (laughs) remember remember
1: when the Remember when the question was um, A couple of years ago Like who should we keep oh. Avery Bradley or Marcus Smart it, it was weird to see Like what's become of that uh, yeah. Bradley in a Lakers jersey Like picking up Marcus Smart Full court <laughs> yeah. Like c- closer to the end of the game And like He he did have some defensive prowess There Avery Bradley that is um, But certainly much happier That we, we held on to Marcus Smart But it's just interesting to see How that's yeah. run its course Freaking loved Avery Bradley When evil. we had him though Loved that guy Yeah <laughs>
0: Me too, Yeah, he was great.
1: Moments of the game. Yeah, the 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 boominging part two of LeBron James by by Jalen Brown, or it was described, or as it was described rather on Celtics Reddit by user J Camona twenty four. Jalen hosts a funeral on LeBron James, <laughs> and that video is there for everyone to watch on Celtics Reddit. Grant Williams. Technical foul after hitting a three, oh, shit. <laughs> turning around, Forgot that. Yeah. giving Boogie the thumbs up and the smile the most Grant Williams <laughs> way of uh, of taking on a it's technical a foul. T that was good fun. <laughs> yeah, um, that that's up there. I have to say, um, it Smart coming in and almost immediately hitting another three pointer after his record breaking performance against the Suns a couple of days ago, just like continuing that that hot stretch and. Um, A little bit more obscure, but the Lakers with maybe the most hilarious coaches challenge in the very short history of coaches challenges late in the game. I don't know if you guys remember, they challenged a foul call on Dwight Howard as he contested a Javonte Green layup. And so they go to the replay and it's just, it's Dwight just absolutely (laughs) face smashing Javonte Green. (laughs) And like, everyone is like, okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry that we did that and delayed the game. Um, it was just it was ridiculous cuz it was such a, a egregious foul uh, and yet they challenged it anyway like it was going to make any difference in the game i thought the, the whole thing was hilarious <laughs> um yeah i think that sums it up unless you guys have any other any great moments to nah, recount man.
0: no it's always great to beat the lakers it's always great to smash lebron we got to do both brilliant
1: a noticeable lack of brad watermaker is the the mm. last unmentioned thing under my misc notes here um yeah, I mean, he didn't really make an appearance until until garbage time there, but it did seem like, like Brad was committing to the the playoff rotation really for the duration of this game. It's interesting to see. And we won, so maybe that means something. Who knows?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we shall see. he is the third <laughs> point guard, you know? So, um, yeah, but, man, just J. King's, King's been beating this drum for a little while, but like our shooting outside of the our top four guys is... Pretty bad. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, or top five guys, eh? Um, it's an issue. And Wanamaker, Wanamaker's got to be one of those dudes. Wanamaker and Auger, I feel like, are the guys that have really got to start knocking them down.
1: But we should get to that very quickly. I know we're running out of time, but just very quickly, um, is the Celtics' lack of bench depth a problem? Like, just to add to that very quickly, a lot of the trade talk focus has been on getting another big man. But it seems like it is gradually shifting towards adding some bench depth there. Do you guys agree with that notion? And, and I'm, I'm putting you guys on the spot here, but are there any like little micro moves that, that Ainge and Co. could make to address that problem
0: if you do, in fact, agree that bench depth is a problem? the short answer for me would be if Ainge and Inco believe it's the right move to make, then I will trust them. But in trust my in opinion. Just <laughs> in Ange. Yeah. But in my opinion, no. I don't think I don't think we should trade away guys who potentially could become great in a couple of years' time. Not great, but you know, just you know, what we're looking for in a couple of years' time and then we get them long term, um, to get guys in now that will end up costing us those pieces. Because I still don't believe we're really a contender yet. In a couple of years though, different story. You know, we can only hope so. So I'm not, I don't really, I don't see the need for it. Honestly, we
2: face the same problem that we do when we talk about trying to acquire a big man. And that's, we just don't have the mid size salary um, to, you know, to use in trades, you know. So I I sort of, I'm not sure what's out there, you know. Um, Like maybe an Anthony Tolliver type guy. What's Anthony Tolliver making? He could be all right. Um
1: you, could, you can put together like a Langford and Poirier And add in a couple of draft picks as an incentive To the Kings for Bogdanovich The um, the two guard there Like if bench scoring is our problem If you bring in a guy who can essentially pull up from anywhere And who is a great bench re- scorer you, for the Kings If you throw you really enough, think- if you throw Sorry, enough man, draft you really- <laughs> picks Yeah, do you really think that would that, no, I don't think that would get rid of Bogdanovich for that Did you? <laughs> Uh, oh, perhaps it's wishful thinking, but if you throw in enough draft picks and you and you so sell them know. on the idea that Langford is a um you know is obviously a lottery pick, um he's looking for somewhere where he can get more minutes, um you know he's a potentially um spicy prospect and and he hasn't found a lot of time mm-hmm. for minutes on in this rotation. Perhaps a team like the Kings who you know, has underperformed this season and are looking to rebuild and need a you know a consistent. Mm-hmm backup point guard
0: yeah. maybe I'm biased here I do that, tra- a I do that trade in a s- I do that trade in a second yeah, <laughs> yeah as a <laughs> Celtics it, yeah. absolutely yeah. do the kings do, do it do some yeah, bogey question. absolutely yeah
1: well the, I, I, I stole that idea I should give credit here but from um, DangerCart you slash DangerCart uh, notable Reddit user uh, Ryan Bernardoni, as he's also known, I believe he posted a similar trade idea on on Twitter and I've I've been hanging on to that one ever since. I feel like that's the that's the um the solver of all problems for the Celtics if we can get that guy. All right, let's very quickly get to the upcoming schedule. We've got the Memphis Grizzlies in Boston later this week, followed by the Magic and the Pelicans on the road before we come back at we at you with another podcast early next week. Grizzlies in Boston probably seems like the more difficult matchup. I, I guess Zion Williams could pose a bit of a problem depending on how quickly he's reintegrated into into the system there in New Orleans. Um, guys, how are you feeling about the upcoming schedule over the next week? Well, I'm thinking about our pick, and if we're going to lose
2: a game, I prefer it to be to the Pelicans because um, because we need to get the Grizzlies out of the playoffs. You know, like, and I, I actually think that the most there's a whole lot of teams nipping at their heels, but I, I, the Pelicans to me are the team that has the has you know they've got a game changer coming into their team and they could really make some noise. So I can I don't know how I have to check the standings, but um, the Pelicans are probably they're probably only three games back right now. So um, so that's that's probably my that was actually my first thought. Um, but I think we're ripe for a little bit of a run. I think I'm I'm predicting a three and
0: yeah, um, completely changed my tune how I thought about this 24 hours ago. But you know, beating the Lakers will do that to you. Um, I think the Grizzlies—they're definitely like the yeah, they are the um—they're the it team at the moment. Everyone's like you know there's Ja Morant highlights seemingly like daily. Jay Crowder, you know, it'd be good to see him again. Uh, remember him? Um, so yeah, that one now I feel a lot better about. I still think that could be a bit tricky. Um, Magic—it just screams trap game to me, particularly on the road and Pelicans as well with you know um, Zion now. On paper, I feel like we should win them all. I I would have said yesterday, maybe a a one and two. Now I'm feeling closer to probably a two and one. I'm not quite certain we're going to, you know, turn it on all three games here, but that would be lovely. So I'm going to say two and one.
1: Yeah. So Joe, the Pelicans 12th seed at the moment in the West with 27 losses. Yeah. So they're... They're, yeah, three and a half behind the Grizzlies. The Spurs, I I hope, and the Trailblazers potentially, you know, I think Lillard scored like 60 points today, uh, are two teams who could potentially catch the Grizzlies, and we can help by beating them in the TD Garden uh, later this week. I'm, I'm hopeful that we can continue to riff off of the momentum after beating the West's best team and after booming LeBron James that's something that we can do and, and maybe take control of our fate a little bit there by by um, pummeling the Grizzlies back down in the standings. But um, we'll see. I'm hoping for a 3-0. Uh, we, the team showed themselves. They showed each other what they can do when they play the right way. They showed the rest of us. I'm going to sleep well tonight. I needed this win against the Lakers today. On an emotional level, I required it. And I think a lot of Celtics fans feel the same way. And we got it. And now <laughs> now it's
0: like right back to and this is all part of the rollercoaster. coaster. Yeah sky's the
1: limit right (laughs) who knows so we'll see 82
0: games 82 mood swings it's just it's too hard man yeah yeah alright I think that's
1: gonna do it for this episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast thanks again for tuning in if you're into the show let us know hit us up on the Reddit thread for this post give the pod a 5 star rating and follow us on Twitter at Celtics Reddit Pod Jackson, Joe love your work guys I'll see you again in a week likewise buddy All right, until next time, go Celtics. Peace. (laughs)